1 Samuel chapter number 22. I'm going to look, study again, once again this evening, a situation in the life of David, King David. This is before David is the king. David has been anointed to be the king by, by Samuel. David has killed Goliath. David is now running from, from uh, uh, Saul and the army. We find in chapter number 22 that David comes and verse number one, he, there, David therefore departed thence and escaped to the cave of Dulam. And when his brethren and all the father's house heard it, they went down thither to him. In verse number two, it tells us of all these men that come to David. So his father and his house comes, obviously they come for safety. Then we find in verse number two, everyone that was in distress and everyone that was in debt and everyone that was discontented. Imagine having an army, a bunch of men, that's their makeup. This is, uh, this is what the Bible says, verse number two, these were the qualities of those that came down to David. These men are the men that become David's mighty army. This is the men that become David's mighty men. From these that were in debt and discontented, they were discouraged, they were in distress. Every time I read this verse, it intrigues me because these men, Saul had no, had no care, no, no need for them in his kingdom. There was, they had no value for Saul. So when these, these 400 men, when they left Saul's kingdom, they came to David, and there was nothing that they would look at, someone would look at and say, these men are going to make a great army. These men are exactly what David needs. David is in distress. David is discouraged. David is running from Saul. And so what does the Lord give him? In verse number two, he gives him some men just like him. But you don't find David getting upset and saying, you know, I don't know if these men can help me. You find nowhere where David is discouraged because these men came to him. As a matter of fact, the Bible says this, there were about 400 men and they made David a captain over them. In verse number three, and David went thence to Mitzvah and, uh, of Moab, and he said unto the king of Moab, let my father and my mother, I pray thee, come forth and be with you until I know what God will do for me. And so he takes his family, and instead of David's family living in the cave with him and living on the run, instead of his family being in harm's way, he comes to the king of Moab and he asks the king of Moab, can my parents stay with you? want him to stay here and the king grants them that wish and he brought them before the king of Moab and they dwelt with him in verse 4 all the while that David was in the hold in verse number 5 in the prophet Gad said unto David abide not in the hold depart and get thee into the land of Judah then David departed and came into the forest of Hereth and so we find we find where David is running from Saul. A few verses, if you were to read further, you'd find where Saul then comes to his people and his men, and, and uh, they find out that where David's at, and, and Saul's upset with his men, and, and uh, they, they going, they're going to pursue David, and David spends a good majority of this time in his life running and hiding from Saul. I wanted to just look at these several verses here this evening and try to try to bring encouragement to maybe some that maybe you're struggling this evening. Have you ever found yourself, maybe as David finds himself here, you find yourself in a hold. You find yourself in a place in life where you're not really happy with where you're at. 
David here is in a place he didn't ask for. David's in a place that is not what he thought his life was going to be like. David is at a place in a hold and in a, a holding pattern in his life, if you will, and, and, and he's looking and he's trying to make the right decisions as he's in this place. I've always been intrigued with David and the life of David and the life story of David. And as you read through the passages that, of the Bible that talk about David, boy, there's so much that we can gather from the life of David. I thought this, this afternoon as I was just preparing my mind and my heart for the message this evening, I thought through the many of people in our church that are really going through some things. I thought through, and I even just seems like even today I find out more about Ken McKenzie's mother and health situation there. The Dissop family is a family that every day we pray for them and, and just buried their daughter and still dealing with their son and the cancer and the health issues with their son. And unfortunately, I feel like sometimes when we talk, all we talk about is sickness and pain and suffering. And there's many in our church. I think of the Williams family. Think of those, the Miller family who just buried their, her mother and and uh, Sandy Nettles, who will bury her daughter this coming Saturday. And the reality is this, if we went through our church, we would find there's a lot of people that have some issues. Some, some others know about, and some, some have issues. Some are in a place in their life, and they're not even telling anyone about it. They're just simply going through it, and maybe going through it alone. But when you get this many people in a church, and get this many people in any, any place, you would find this, that people often have needs. And people often are at a place in their life that, that is not a place of their choosing. It's not a place that they look forward to being at, but nonetheless, it is a place where they find themselves. David has found himself here in this hold. You ever just listen to yourself talk and maybe at times you ask yourself this question, you find yourself asking yourself this question, why? Why am I here? Why am I going through this? Why me? It's not like we would wish this upon somebody else. It's not that we think we're better and we shouldn't, shouldn't go through a situation, but do you ever just get to the place in your life where you just say, why? Why do I have to endure this trial? Or why do I have to deal with this sickness? Or why do I have to go through this issue in our family? Why? You're not questioning the Lord. You're not doubting the Lord. You're just simply wanting to know because you find yourself where David finds himself in a hold where you come and just figure, why? Why? Why am I here? David is one of those, in one of those places in his life that he may be saying, why, Lord? I was, I was perfectly content just caring for these sheep that my father had. I mean, the lion would come. I, I don't even mind battling a lion, and I don't even mind battling a bear, but, but why this, Lord? I've been faithful. I've been serving, and, and why? Why would this happen? Maybe some even ask this question, what have I done? What did I do to deserve this? Have you ever been to that place in life? What did I do to have to go through this? David's life is it's changing all around him quickly. What David thought at one time his life looked like, almost instantaneously for David, his life changes. And then once it changes, it changes again. 
It's like there's always a new norm for David once Samuel showed up at his house. He went from shepherd to the king's uh, uh, musician to the giant killer to a warrior, and now he's gone from all of those things. Now he's gone to a fugitive running from the king. And not only did that, God allows 400 people that are in distress, that are in debt, and discontented to come around him to make him captain. I mean, if life isn't bad enough, bring 400 people that are in the same situation. And David's supposed to lead them. David's supposed to give them counsel. David's supposed to give them help. He's supposed to give them uh, direction. He's their captain, and they're going to depend upon David, and David is in the same situation, or it may be worse, than these 400 men are in. And this is where we find David. You see, if we were able to see the entire picture in our life, small moments like this might not be such a big deal. But you know, David didn't have the luxury of saying, all right, what's going to happen in my life? I'm going to take and go to 1 Samuel chapter 23 or 24 or 25 and see how this story ends. And you and I are in the same place. We can't look a few chapters ahead of our life and see how this story is going to end. We don't know the situation we're in, the, the doctor's appointments that you're waiting for, the trials that you're in. The truth of the matter is this, you don't know how they're going to end. We can't find the next chapter of our life. We can only live in the chapter that we're in right now. We can't look ahead. God's not going to give us something that's going to show us the future. We just simply have to live and trust Him in the place that we're at right now. But the reality is this, it's not easy. It's difficult, it's hard. And so David finds himself... David finds himself in this hold, and David finds himself making some decisions in his life. And I, I want to look at some decisions that David made. If you're in a hold this evening, or you're in a place in life this evening that is difficult, you're going through some trials, you're going through and you find yourself in a place where you're asking God, why? Why? Why this, Lord? I want us to look and I want us to see this evening in 1 Samuel chapter number 22, what did David do? When God has a, you at a place that you can't understand, instead of desiring to get out of that place, I think the best thing for a child of God to do is learn the right way to behave in that place. I don't think it's always, Lord, just get me out of here. Lord, take this from me or, or continue to wonder and, and question God why. We, we're in this place. Instead of saying, God, I don't want to be here. Get me out. I think a better prayer might be this. God, help me to make the right decisions in this place. While I'm here, let me present you well. Let me have the testimony that you desire for me to have. In this place, instead of freeing me from it, Help me make the best decisions. And David, David, show, David shows us a great way to behave, and I think it's necessary to consider these things when we're in a hold. 
The first thing I want you to see in verse number two, and we find in verse number one, David, he is in the cave of Adullam. He is, is uh, there, his brethren, his father's house, he comes and, and they come to him. They're obviously running and fleeing from Saul as well. And they come to this place in verse number one, his father is there, his family's there. And then in verse number two, everyone else that is discontented, these 400 men come to David as well. Remember I said David didn't ask for any of this. But you know what? David finds himself at a place where people are looking to him for direction. And the first thing I want to say, and I just want to give you some practical things here this evening. Remember this, when you're at a place in your life that you don't understand, when you're at a place in your life that you just don't know why you're there, if you're at a place in your life where you're in that hole, it's not where you desire to be, it's not where you want to be, there's something I believe that we must consider. The first thing I want you to consider is this. Others needing your leadership are watching you. Other people that are needing your leadership, they're watching you. They're watching you how you behave. They're looking to you and they're looking for answers. There are some that have come to David. His family doesn't know what to do. King Saul now is going to probably seek to kill them or seek to take them into to a bondage. They're gonna, he's going to do some harm to David's family. And so they run to David because they need help. David is at a place in his life where he needs help. David's at a place, it's hard enough running from Saul and feeding himself and and living in caves and caring for his own needs. He's emotionally drained. He's physically drained. Spiritually, he's, he's wondering, God, why is this happening? And then David, while he's at that place in his life, others come to him to find direction. Not only does his family come to him for direction, also what we find is this, that 400 other people come to David because they're seeking help from somebody. You know, I believe this. It's important for us. It's important for us when we come to places in our lives like this to realize this. Others needing your leadership are watching. You know, I have my days and you have days just as well. You say maybe to yourself, how much more can I take? How much, how much more can, can uh, one person handle? How much more headache can one person have? Or maybe you ask yourself, how much more stress can I take? How much more, more, more uh, people that, that just don't understand the situation do I have to deal with? How many more Saul's do I have to go through? How many more, more people that, that just want to battle? How many more lies do I have to bear? How many more friends do I have to lose? How much more sleep can one person miss? Have you ever been there? You ever been to your, in a place in your life where you just wonder, how much more? How much more? I sat in my office with Debbie Williams this week. And she sat in the chair there in my office and we were talking and she said something that I've just thought of. I can't get out of my mind. She says, Pastor, I just don't want to die. I'm not ready to die. You know, if that thought was on somebody's mind every day of their life, that is a heavy thought. I think of Sandy Nettles, who's going to bury her daughter this coming Saturday. That's a heavy, heavy thought. 
I think of others that are going through difficulties and others that are going through pain and it's caused you to lose sleep. It's caused you to have restless nights. It's caused you to to think about this. It's constantly on your mind. It's constantly there. It's draining you at times. And then somebody comes alongside of you and you're supposed to be strong for them as well. Do you know the reality is this, no matter who you are, somebody's watching you. And somebody's looking to you for leadership. This wasn't a time in David's life to give up. It wasn't a time in David's life to just to throw it all away and say, you know what, I'm done. I, I didn't ask for any of this. I don't desire any of this. I want out of here. I want freed. I don't care who's watching. I don't care what my family says. I don't care what you 400 men do. You put yourself in this situation. I didn't ask you to come. You don't see David responding that way. How you see David responding is he realizes this. There are people that are watching him making the decisions in his life. You know, it's important for us. It's important for us to understand that God allows us to go through these things in our life and then he allows people around us to look to us for leadership on how to handle what we're going through. You say, I don't know how much more I can bear. Let me remind you that there's others that are weaker than you that are watching you. There's others that are weaker, that are, God has put in your life, that are watching you. I, I think of this each day of my life. There are children that, that God has allowed me to have. There's a wife that God has allowed me to marry. There are people in my life that are watching every single decision that I make. And I can't just simply say, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to deal with things. I don't want to deal with problems. I'm tired of situations in my life. I I didn't ask for this. I don't want it. I can't respond that way because there's people that are looking to me for leadership and I need to show them God in the decisions that I make. The same thing is true with you in the decisions you have to make in life. There are people that are watching you. You know, at times in our life where it's physically draining, it's emotionally draining, it's spiritually draining, there are people that need your leadership to see how you respond to God. God's entrusted these men and his family in the life of David. They listen, they listen how he responded. They listen to how he questions things. He, they listen to him as he tries to help them and make, them a, make him a captain over them. You know, they listen how he responded to the lies of Saul. What Saul was saying about David wasn't true. And so there's these men that are listening to David. How do you respond? when someone lies about you how do you they're listening on how david would question the authority how do you respond when authority doesn't treat you fairly david must not forget that it was saul's failed leadership that got these men in the condition they were in and it takes a godly leader to turn these men around it was saul's leadership that caused these men to be in debt it was saul's leadership that caused these men to be discontented and god needed a godly leader to turn those situations around and maybe you're in a hold or maybe you're in a situation in life that you say i don't want to be here i don't desire to be here there very well may be some people that god has put in your life that are watching you because they need a godly leader to show them the way they ought to act in life. We find David here is in a situation because of failed leadership. 
David is in his situation because of failed leadership. His family is in their situation because of failed leadership. These 400 men are in their condition because of failed leadership. And what God wanted to happen is God wanted these men to have leadership that was no longer going to fail them. God desired for David's family, God desired for these 400 men to have a king that they could look to and follow the example of a king walking with God. If you're in a time of hurt or you're in a time of pain, now's not the time to give up. Now's the time to realize that God may have you there because others are watching and learning how to behave. Secondly, I want you to see this in verse number three. And David went thence to Misphan of Moab and he said unto the king of Moab, let my father and my mother, I pray thee, come forth and be with you till I know what God will do for me. Now this is an interesting David takes his family to the king and says, I, I need you to take my family. We're going to go back into the hold, but would you take my family for a while? He doesn't say this about the 400 men. He just says this about his family. And so he takes his family and he places his family under the care of the king so they don't have to deal with running from Saul. Do you know what I have learned and I see something very interesting here? When you're in a hold, when you're in a place in life that you don't understand, where you're in a place in life that it may be discouraging to you, where you're questioning things, don't, don't put your family in the fight. This is important. This is so very important. David's family came to him in verse number one, and David's desire was for them to be protected from the attacks of Saul. You know, I, my father spent 34 years in the ministry before he died. The reality is, is I don't know what life was outside of the ministry. I grew up like your kids are growing up, sleeping underneath the chairs and, and uh, you know, living at the church. The church was our second home. All the friends we had were at church, and we, uh, our parents constantly had people over our house, and, and boy, we had, I had great memories. All I know is church. I don't know anything else. I remember there were times where my cousin and I, we were, my parents were starting a church in, in uh, uh, Wyoming, and we were there under the pews one Sunday night, and my cousin, my aunt, gave us some money to put in the offering plate, and I was watching my cousin during the offertory swallow that money. I mean, church is great. I think he swallowed a dime. I think he got a penny, and it was the nickel that really got him. That was the tough one. But, I mean, all kinds of things happened at church. I loved it. I don't know anything else. 34 years my dad spent in the ministry. You know, I, I know my dad had disagreements with people. I know he had hurts. But you know, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that one time did my dad ever get in the car. Not one time did I hear him in our living room or sitting around the table and tell his family who he was mad at and who was hurting. Not one time. 
Matter of fact, I didn't even know this until after my dad died. My dad was having a situation with one of the deacons at his church in Michigan there and, and um, just giving him some fits. And, and I'm sure my dad, knowing my dad was giving him some fits is probably how it was going. But I never heard. I'd always ask my dad, Dad, how are you doing? And how's, how's the church? And, and we'd talk about the, uh, the church that I was serving in. And he'd tell me about his church and positive things. And it wasn't until after his funeral in, in one of this men that, that there was some friction with he came to me after the funeral and he said boy I, I loved your dad I'm so sorry that things went the way they went he says boy if I, I could I'd apologize to him now and I'm so sorry and I just want to let you know and it was so good to look at him and say I have no idea what you're talking about no idea you know a lot of times when we get into things and maybe it's a situation at work or maybe it's a situation with a coworker, or a neighbor or a family member or a, a church member. You know, sometimes it's good for us to keep our families, keep them out of the fight. David knew this, if I bring my family, all that's going to happen is hurt. And so David desired to take his family and put them in a place where they didn't have to hear what Saul was doing. They didn't have to be afraid of what was happening. They didn't have to hear the negative of what was going on. They could be safe and they could be protected. Keep our families out of the fight when we find ourselves in the hold. You know, I find where David, David desired to protect his family. You know, I think about this. One of, there's times my wife and I, we, uh, we don't always agree with maybe one of our children's teachers. We don't always agree with every situation that always happens. We, we don't 100% agree with, with every decision that's made. But you know what we learned? We keep our kids out of the fight. We don't, we don't have their teachers for dinner around the dinner table. Do you know what I realize? Having kids, there's always going to be a problem. How many of you have kids? How many of you have problems? <laughs> yeah. How many of you have problems without kids? <laughs> yeah. Do you know, not everyone that you deal with, not everyone that your family deals with is perfect. Not everybody, not every teacher, not every Sunday school teacher, not every person that you put your children under their care, not every one of them are going to be on their best game every single day of their life. Do you know people make mistakes? Do you know sometimes people make wrong decisions? And I think this, when we come to that place, we need to be careful how we deal with those because we could deal and get through the problem and destroy our families in the process. You see, you know what I realized this as I was studying through? There was life after Saul. David was wise enough to know that this was just simply a season in his life. There was going to be a kingdom after Saul. There was going to be life after Saul. And so David was not willing to ruin his family at that time so that when life after Saul came, his family was ruined. His family was, was, was a mess. His family was, was uh, attacked. And, and in this fight, what he realized this is I could put my family in a place for a period of time, get through this situation, and then they can come back and they don't have to get ruined through this fight. Do you know, I believe this would be profitable for every single one of us 
to take the advice that David has given us here in 1 Samuel 22 and not include our family in every single hold that we find ourselves in. You know, one of the things that I enjoy so much, my wife never hears about any counseling session or any situation that I ever find myself in. There was a situation that we had in several years ago. We were at a church in Cincinnati and we were dealing with a situation and the lady said to me, well, you know, ever since this happened, your wife, she hasn't even spoken to me. And you know how I knew that wasn't true? Because my wife knew nothing about the situation. I don't want to put my wife in a fight. If Ken and I are disagreeing on something, I don't want to put my family in that fight. I want my, fam my family to come and say, Ken McKenzie, he's a great guy. I don't want them to have an opinion on him because of a situation him and I find ourselves in. Because you know what's going to happen sooner or later? Everything's going to get resolved with us. But my family could be destroyed. You know, I grew up in the ministry. I grew up around pastor's kids and ministry kids. And a lot of the kids I grew up with want nothing to do with the ministry because of the hurt they saw in the ministry. My kids, I think, see a few of them in here this evening. I hope they're not playing hooky from church. They all should be in here or class. And the truth of the matter is this. You could ask my children. We don't sit around and talk about people in the church. The reality is this. If there's somebody that's upset with the pastor here at this church, my kids will never know about it. You know why? I don't want to include my kids in the fight. I don't want to include my kids and have my kids become a casualty of a fight, casualty of a situation, a casualty of a season in their life that they have nothing to do with. You know what David was wise enough to do? He protected his family. The situation that David was in wasn't where he wanted to be or desired to be, but he didn't want to lose his family because he was wise enough to understand this. This is just a season. This is going to pass. And when this passes, we can get back to normal, but if I lose my family in the fight, there's going to be a price to pay. You see, in 1 Samuel 22, I see David, he protected his family. You know, they're hurt enough. David's family had to leave their home, and David's family had to leave his, his, uh, his uh, farm. David's family had to leave everything they knew because of what David was doing in their life. David didn't need to bring more pain to his family than they needed. Protect your family. David was wise enough to remove them from, remove them from harm. You know, we ought to do this, church, when we leave church, it ought to be a positive experience for our family. When we sit around the family table, it ought to be a positive experience for our family. When we talk about the things of God and talk about what God's doing in our life, it ought to be a positive experience for our family. I don't know. I don't know what God is going to do with my children. I don't know if he's going to call them into ministry. 
I don't know if they're all going to be doctors and I can retire early and they can take care of me. I don't know what is going to happen in life. I don't know if he's going to send them to be missionaries around the world. I don't know if, I think I'd be fine if four of them never got married and they just lived in my basement the rest of their life. I'd be okay with that. I don't know what God's going to do. I have no idea what he's going to do in their life, but I don't want them to walk away from God because of a fight they had to see when they were children. I don't want them to leave Monclova Road Baptist Church because of a situation that never involved them. I want them to love the Lord. I want them to love the work of God. I want them to love the people of God. There's enough negative, enough hurt, and enough pain, and enough, enough harm that the world is going to bring into their life. There's enough that the enemy is going to try to sidetrack them and destroy them. We don't need to put that help on the enemy. Help our families. We need to encourage them. Make dinner a positive place. Make dinner a place where, where we talk about the testimonies of God. Make dinner a place where we pray for those. Little, little Chloe and her family, she gets upset when she can't pray. She wants to pray. She's a prayer hog is what she is at dinner table. Nobody else gets a chance. And she's at the place now our food is cold by the time she's done praying. I mean, she, she knows people in our church, and she prays for this and prays for that and prays that they, for their cold. And I say, babe, they're all better now. We don't have to pray for them anymore. But once she gets somebody in her mind at church, she prays for them. Matter of fact, she knows, I guess, from Sunday school and class, she knows about needs that people have I never knew about. I like sitting around our table when our five-year-old actually prays for people, not talks about people. That's the way a Christian family ought to function. You know, I want to care enough for my family that I take them out of the fight and put them in a place where they can have a positive relationship with the Lord. You see, David was wise enough to keep his family from the attacks of Saul. You know, I don't have to share everything with my wife. I don't have to share everything with my children. If God has me in a hold, He has me in this hold for my own good. Why would I want anyone I love to have to suffer? God had David here for David's own good. He didn't have him there so his family would suffer. He was putting David at this place because he needed a king. He put David at this place because Israel needed a king that wasn't selfish and prideful and in leading like Saul. And so he was using this to form David and he was using this to mold David. And God may be using situations in your life to mold you and form you to be what he desires for you to be. Don't lose your family in the process of God working. Be careful with that. You know what I find as well in verse number five, and I need to hurry here. Verse number five, the Bible says this, And the prophet Gad said unto David, Abide not in the hold, depart and get thee into the land of Judah. Then David departed and came into the forest of Hereth. You know what David realized here? He realized that God was at work. He didn't like the cave. He wasn't envying the hold. His life was in turmoil. 
He's been betrayed. He's been hurt. And God is working to mold him. And, and, and he's listening to what the man of God, the prophet Gad, had to say. You know, at time when people are hurt, when people are hurt, they tune out sometimes the people in the Word of God, what God desires for them to hear. Don't tune out the Word of God. Don't tune out the preacher. Don't turn, out the, turn, turn off the, the preaching of God's Word. And when you're at a place in your life, don't look to get rid of influences that might help you. Don't turn off. You know, David could have said to the prophet Gad, you know, I don't enjoy being here, and I don't, I don't, I don't want to listen to what you have to say. Listening to the man of God is what got me in this place to begin with. I never should have came in when, when Samuel called me in. I should have just stayed out there in that field and tended for those sheep. It was listening to the, to, the, to the man of God, listening to the word of God that got me here to begin with. When you come to a place in your life where you, you don't understand, when you come to a place in your life where you're starting to say, God, why is this happening? Why is this sickness happening? Why is this death happening? Why is this heartache happening? Why do I find myself here? God, why are you allowing this to happen? That's not the time to tune out God. That's not time to walk away from the house of God. That's not the time to walk away from the Word of God. That's not the time to tune out everything spiritual in your life. That's the time for you to take a break, take a breath, and say, I need to listen to more of the preaching of God's Word. I need to get deeper into the Word of God. I need to know from God. It's not time to walk away from God. It's time to get more of what God has for my life. So often people that go through these situations, they walk away from God. They come to this place where they think that God has failed them or God doesn't understand and they're hurt and they just don't understand if God loved me so much, why is there so much issues and so many problems in my life? Why is the enemy so strong? And why is this valley too deep? And why is this hole just too lonely? And and this cave is just too dark in my life. It'd be easier for me just to walk away from God. Walk away from the preaching of God's word. Walk away from his word. I can't take this anymore. Now is not the time to leave the, the presence of God. It's time to get your place, get yourself under the influence of God's word. Don't walk away from God when life doesn't make sense. Don't run from wise counsel. David was at a place, David listened to the prophet Gad when the prophet Gad said to him, abide not here in this hole. Don't stay where you're at. Move some other place. He listened to the man of God in his life. Don't tune out when God's trying to speak. Listen to God's word. Don't shut out godly advice. Lastly, I want you to see this in verse number five as well. The prophet Gad, he gives him the word of the Lord. He tells them what the word, what the Lord desires for David. Obey God's word when you're in the hold. Obey his word. Obey the principles of his word. When things get dark and things get weary and things get lonely, don't neglect God's word. Obey it. Seek it. Read it. You see, David's at a place in his life where it's not looking good. You ever been there? 
place your life where I don't need any more problems. And David understood this. While I'm at that place, I need to make wise decisions because people are watching me. I need to remove my family from the hold, from the fight, so that they don't get hurt in the process. I need to listen to the Word of God. I need to listen to the, the preaching of God's Word. I need, to, I need to not push away God, but I need to draw close to Him so I understand what God's doing in my life. You see, the goal wasn't to get out of the hold. The goal wasn't to get out of all the problems. The goal wasn't to say, I want this to be done and over with. The goal for David was this, Lord, help me to respond properly when I'm at a place in my life that I don't understand. And I think that same prayer needs to be our prayer. Lord, when I'm at a place in my life where I don't understand, help me to respond properly. Help me respond because there's people looking at me for my leadership. Help me respond so my family doesn't get ruined in the fight. And help me to respond so that I stay in your presence and I can hear your voice. If you're going through something this evening, I think we ought to take the same advice that David did in 1 Samuel here and apply it to our life as well.